Hey, welcome back to Pigeonal Hockey. This is Chris and today's co-host Sebastian. Hello, hello. You know us, we're just a goalie and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fists to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So be sure to follow us on Twitter to let us know what you think, and also be sure to comment and share any hockey games, news, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So Sebastian, on today's podcast, we're kind of going to give an update to some of the playoff action happening across the pond, and then you know talk about some news uh, on this side of the pond. So the KHL playoffs, did you get a chance to see that hit today in the avant-garde CSKA game? Well, I've said it before, uh, the KHL, when they hit each other, they're out, to, they're out for blood. Oh, they really are. They posted that uh, after the end of the first period, and I had to retweet that. So anyone that wants to check it out, take a look at the Twitter. It was a heck of a hit. But Avangard comes out on top, and they are now up 3-2, to two, and they can end this series in the next game, taking down the Red Army. Yeah, and I mean, they're both quality teams, so you know, I, I'd actually really love to see a Game 7. But, you know, if Avangard can finish it off, I mean, good for them. Yeah, I'm, I'm super stoked to see how this all unfolds again. I've been really thrilled with the highlights coming out of this Gagorin Cup final, so I can't wait for a little bit more. The SHL playoffs, we actually now have uh, Vekwa up 2-1 on Orbro and Skeleftia down to Rogel 2-1. So both series are going on, and I think in the SHL it's a best of five in this round. So, really, Rogel and Vekwa could end their series with the next win. Yeah, I mean, they, they've been tight series, as, as you can tell by you know the, the amount of games have been won each team. And, um, you know, again, I mean, I always love that extra hockey. So, if they can push to the game five, uh, I think it'd be awesome to see. Yeah, and talk about extra hockey. If we go across the border into Denmark with the Meta Liga, look at what the Pirates have done coming back in this. Now, the Sierra Capital had a 3-0 lead and could have just ended the series. But... The Pirates have won the last two, and this uh, this is at three to two. The Pirates won't die. Yeah, and I mean that's playoff hockey, but you know I think the, the Pirates have the upper hand now. Um, you know when a team's basically got the, the stranglehold on you, and you're able to to come back, especially back to back like that, uh, it's got it definitely affects the you know the mental part of the game going into it. And I think the Pirates have the edge there. I think they do. I think right now, even though they're still down a game, they have all the momentum going into Game Six. So let's see what happens in Denmark. And there's some uh, news. Well, not necessarily new news, but we wanted to cover some of the things happening in the IIHF and, you know, kind of some disappointing news coming out of the uh, Women's World Cup. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, last year was it was canceled. It was supposed to be in Nova Scotia here in Canada um, and it was canceled due to COVID. And that was kind of everything was being canceled at that time. So it was understandable. Uh, you know, everything was going forward. It was actually supposed to start. And I believe it's next week. And uh, last minute, the province had a bit of a breakout, a bit of a spike, and they actually decided to basically tell them, hey, like, listen, you can't have this here. Like, we're not allowing it. Uh, a lot of the teams were there. I don't know if Canada, their women had been there for two weeks, you know, quarantining, and, you know, they're they in a bubble where they had to take, you know, they could walk. It's 100, 100 yards to, to the rink, but they were taking a bus for safety, so that way they weren't, you know, mixing with anybody out in public or whatever. It was a very tight ship. Like, they were making sure everything was going prop, like, doing properly. They were getting tested. Uh, teams were flying in, being ready to go, and then you know, the province had a bit of a spike and basically said, hey, no, this isn't happening. Um, so, you know, that's that's the bad news. And obviously, you've got to respect the province. At the same time, though, for the IWHF, you, this happened to you already. It got canceled. You knew, you know, I'm 
I'm not as involved with what's going on out in the East Coast as the, you know, as they are. You know, they're they're trying to host a tournament there. But I knew that they've been very quick at, you know, if a bit of a spike happens, they shut everything down. I knew that just from living in Canada. So you can't tell me that they weren't aware of that. And they should have had a backup plan, but they didn't. So basically is now they've canceled it. Since it's been canceled, they've been getting phone calls from, I believe I heard Ottawa, Toronto, Edmonton, uh, you know, a couple places in the States. Uh, Finland had called and basically said, like, hey, we're willing to host this. Like, let's get this done this year. And they've said, you know, the good news is they said, you know, we're going to have this at the end of the summer, which is good. You know, at least they're going to move forward with it. But at the same time, it just it's just a head scratcher that they're pushing forward, trying to have the Men's World Cup over, and I forget which country in Europe, but they're trying to fly everyone there. They're having no problems with that. But they couldn't even think of a plan B for the women's. And it kind of goes on to what we've talked about, where it's kind of the women's games as an afterthought. And, and it is. And it, it, honestly, it be off. Um, and, and, I mean, it, I don't think it's just me that that's a little, you know, peed off here. You see a lot of the women posting, you know, about how this is basically their Stanley Cup. Um, you know, they've taken time off work. They've, you know, they've, they work out so that, you know, they obviously put their work in so they're at their best condition right now to be ready to enter this tournament. They're coming at peak performance time. And now they've got to kind of revamp because, you know, they weren't able to come up with a plan B. It wouldn't have been the end of the world for them to find even a small city anywhere that was willing to host this as a plan B, you know, maybe push it back a couple of weeks and move on with it. That way you're not really kind of screwing these women out of, you know, all the hard work they've done and, trying to get them to adjust their summer to now be able to do this at the end of summer. You know, hopefully they can still get time off work, so so on and so forth. Uh, and, and to me, just looking onto it, I think it's just poor planning. And it just goes on to how, you know, we, we've talked about how women's hockey is kind of a secondary thought. Yeah, and this is something we've definitely discussed pretty frequently on this podcast and our frustrations with just even the way that the NWHL's season was handled in their lack of a secure bubble and how that impacted not only the players who took that time off, but us fans who really wanted to see that cup raised on NBCSN at the originally scheduled time, because I think it was you that mentioned in the later podcast that with the delay being, what was it, almost a month and a half later, it really, people just didn't know what was happening. It, it did not get as much of attention as it would have had it been built up to a proper bubble if if Metropolitan would have been able to stay within the realm of a secure bubble. Things just could have happened differently. And then because of the lack of financial support from leagues like the National Hockey League and such to be able to support an NWHL, they couldn't have a secure bubble and that really impacted the season. It really impacted the players. It impacted a lot, and it was really disappointing to see. And it's, like you said, it just it seems like it's more of a hockey for everyone is more of an afterthought if it's talking about women's hockey. And it, it is infuriating and really frustrating to see how it isn't supported the way it needs to be. Yeah, I mean that kind of leads us into the next story. And I mean, obviously, good news, bad news here. You know, with the the, the I guess they call it boys, the U18, the men's U18. Uh, tournament is a go. Um, it's, and, in Fris- talk- it's actually in Frisco, Texas. Exactly, right? And it's going to be on My Hockey TV. So if you have a My Hockey TV subscription, uh, you can catch all the games. Uh, but again, it just kind of shows that, yeah, okay, that was their plan A and their plan A worked. You know, they were able to do it, but you've got multiple multiple tournaments going at once. You know, why not have more than one plan? Like if you're telling me that they, you know, something happened in Texas, you know, they weren't willing to, to move to somewhere else. So again, just kind of goes on kind of, you know, 
pees me off a little bit that you know it's a bit of an afterthought you know that when you watch this women's world cup you know the passion the hockey there it's phenomenal hockey it's it's great hockey and we're we're losing out on that hockey and hopefully they are able to have it at the end of the summer but you know on a good note you know the u18s as we said is going on tons of talent and this is kind of where you see like the future of the nhl or the future of the pro leagues or the future of the ncaa these is where these kids are at so i mean these are you know i even for me in the last couple years i haven't really paid much attention to it you know, it hadn't really been on TV. With now my hockey TV, there's no excuse. It, it's there. It's available. You, I've already just seen a, just a few highlights because um, I hadn't been able to watch yet. But there's a couple couple highlights in the earlier game of some phenomenal players that I can already take a look at and be like, yes, yeah, this, this is probably gonna be a great NHL prospect. Yeah, and this is a great time to actually see these young men perform. And really, you're seeing that, like you said, the future of hockey there. And it's one of the great things now that it is, you know, been advertised and it's available on on hockey TV. Dude, I'm telling you, I'm falling more and more in love with this hockey TV. I've got the app. It's on my computer. I can do it on my Apple TV. I can do it on my little mini thing that Sling gave me at one point. Dude, I mean, seriously, from watching the BCHL the other night to watching the uh, USHL game the same night. And then just last night watching this game out of the MHL the Maritime Hockey League, where these teams just, they hated each other because this was, I loved it. It was such a fun game to watch. They just, I mean, the amount of fights that broke out in this game and the hits, it was just one thing after the other. Dude, this is games I wouldn't have been able to watch before, and that's what, like, Hockey TV provides. And so with, like, the IHF, like you said, with the under-18s, if it's not being shown on TV, especially in America, I mean, we're, we're not a huge hockey country despite being a massive hockey country. You know, it's all up north, but you leave the north, you're not going to catch this stuff on TV. It's just not available. And so it's available now, and it's exciting to watch. I think I was watching Russia and Belarus the other day. I'm a, I, this, this is what I love. I love this app, and I love being able to watch these games, and, dude, I love covering this stuff. Well, even in Canada, I mean, to watch these games, you usually get to see the, you know, the quarterfinals or a big American versus U.S. game or the finals. But other than that, like, I, like the Belarus-Russia, like you'd never be able to watch that. Um, you know, like Sweden's playing, you wouldn't be able to watch that. It's it's, it's kind of cool. Like, you know, I really appreciate them basically grabbing hold of uh, of a great hockey tournament that's not being televised and offering it. I, mean, I definitely think, you know, they, they have monthly subscriptions. They even have, I think, you can buy game by game passes. So, you know, if someone wants to share the U18, I mean, they've got uh, they've, they've got tons of options with my hockey TV. So I, I definitely recommend someone checking it out. Yeah. And honestly, even this SPHL, a league I love to watch, you know, there's a limited amount of teams playing because of getting the COVID season. But I've never been able to watch SPHL games. I don't live down south, but now I can actually see these teams actually. Like, I was watching Pensacola and uh, I want to say Huntsville. I'm not 100%. They were, in, they were in Pensacola. I know that for sure. I was watching the Ice Flowers. But I've never been able to watch a SPHL game before. You can't see that thing anywhere else, but I can get it on this app. So just putting it out there, Hockey TV. We'd love to talk about you more frequently. But, no, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a super cool site. You know, I can watch it everywhere. And even at the Mustangs games, seriously, I've been at Mustangs games and standing there with people and they're like, wait, how are you watching a replay? I'm like, uh, I have hockey TV on my phone. I have the app. So when I want to see how, what happened because I don't get the best angle or if it's on the other side of the ice, I literally just pull up the app and just watch what happened and have my own little replay button. It's great. But there's also, speaking of more good news, uh, you know, a story coming out of uh, not maybe a developing story but a story coming out of toronto you wanted to bring up yeah absolutely and and you know we've talked about with some of our guests and just on podcasts about how there's so much negative and we want to try to bring you know the positive of this hockey season at all levels uh so this one kind of is at the nhl level um and again 
the story I heard, and you know, when they were talking about it, this could this could be something that all NHL teams did or some NHL teams did. But uh, the focus of this one, and it's the only one I've actually heard of. Um, I was watching the uh, Leafs and Jets games a few days ago, and they talked about how um, you know the the AHL contracts, and, and this is their wording. And I, I couldn't really find anything on it, but basically this year they're only they're only allowed to make X amount up to thirty thousand dollars. So these are guys who, you know, some of them are younger guys, you know, prospects where, you know, they're they're living wherever with the team and, you know, $30,000 fine. But a lot of these guys, too, are, are vets or whatever that have families and, you know, houses and mortgages and all that kind of stuff. And, and they're making $30,000 up, you know, down from, and, you know, up to maybe $90,000 that they were making before. Uh, so basically the story broke that the Leafs had put together some money to send down to their AHL team to, you know, help cover some of that cost and kind of really help those get those guys out. And then it actually turned out that uh, it was Jason Spezza who held a, a players meeting and just said, Hey guys, like this is a situation, you know, we're able to make our money and we're in a, in a good spot. And, you know, thankfully, you know, where we are and we're able to take care of our families. However, you know, some of our brothers who are playing the NHL, you know, our teammates really, you know, it's all one organization and some of the guys are being called up and down. They're not making that money. You know, maybe Christmas was a little softer for them, or you know, not as good for them, and maybe they've you know stresses and you know trying to find other ways to save money. So they they basically put together some money. The, that number never came out. I don't think it ever should. I think that should be a private thing. Um, but I did want to bring it up as, as such a positive thing where you know a vet is able to say, hey guys, like listen, we're fortunate. Let's help our our you know our friends, our teammates out there a little less fortunate right now. And who knows, it, it could have literally change lives um you know maybe a, a player's down in the nhl he's stressing out about money not sure if he can play again this is a season like this next year so on and so forth and then who knows maybe say hundred thousand dollars gets you know flown down from the nhl to the hl and they split that amongst players well maybe that's just enough money to you know to, to take away some of those stresses and let those guys focus on hockey so i thought that was a really cool story and you know something super positive out of you know a situation where it's it's been a lot of negative yeah, and you know, there's been a lot of positive stories that uh, of what players have done in COVID. It, it takes me back to when it first started, and you know, the Florida Panthers, like every other team, got affected. And Sergey Bobrovsky actually donated a hundred thousand dollars to the staff of the arena uh, at the beginning of COVID to kind of help with salary and and, and stuff. I'm, I'm sure the specifics are out there some way. But he makes a lot of money, too. And I don't know what other other players may have done, but I didn't hear of a lot of other players stepping up and doing anything. It really stood out to me that Sergei Bobrovsky did that and thought about the part-time workers that would get affected by the temporary closure of the National Hockey League. What thought would be very shortly temporary, but was not. Where you had other teams, I won't name the specific team, but I have a lot of connections having worked in the organization of how other teams basically just cut everybody and said, well, you have first dibs when jobs become available again, but you're cut now. And this is going into a global pandemic, and you're basically cutting people off of their health care, their benefits, their money, and everything. And now they're going to what go and collect unemployment with no medical benefits. It is kind of a slap in the face to a lot of employees from my connections. But it, it's great to hear the stories like what Jason Spetz is doing for the boys down in the Marlies and for what people like Sergei Borovsky have done for, you know, the staff of arenas and such. And so 
hopefully there's more stories out there like that. It's really good to hear this positive stuff in a, in a, in a really kind of a negative situation. And, you know, love to hear more stories that come out like that. So, yeah, actually, to wrap up this podcast, something I think it would be fun to do with some of these podcasts endings is kind of do a think quick, not necessarily a game, but a think quick conversation thing. So, uh, you know, we'll say a question to the other, you know, co-host or host and you know you got to come up with that answer real quick no research no nothing it doesn't it's not fact-based it might be straight up opinion but uh, i think it'll drive some conversation depending on our answers so do you want to ask me the first question or do you want me to ask you the first question favorite saber of all time uh that would be pat lafontaine just kidding clint Larchuk. <laughs> no excuse me sorry sir i have to accept your first question this is a very Look, uh technical game show you said pat lafontaine we're gonna have to accept your answer now clinton marchuk's my favorite goalie of all time from the sabers <laughs> but uh yeah the first name that popped in my head when you said that was lafontaine so i'm actually stunned that's the first name that hopped in there i got his jersey and everything la, 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 lafontaine but uh yeah i like this game <laughs> <laughs> all right you ready for it yeah, i'm ready best maple leaf of all time Ooh, probably matt sandine as much as i hate to say it yeah, actually, that was a really good answer. Uh, that's exactly where my brain was going. And has he actually been put into the Hall of Fame? I'm not sure, actually. That's a, that's a good question. I mean, I think that's definitely something we'll have to do some research on. But, you know, as a Sens fan, it it, it actually kind of hurt me. Like, my heart actually hurts from saying that. You know, obviously, with the Battle of Ontario <laughs> for many years and him breaking our hearts and, you know, Danielson had some fun with a broken stick and pretending to throw it. Had some good laughs, but uh, as soon as you said that to me, that was just, you know, and I'm sure people are going to come at me and say, oh my God, there's so many more, you know, Doug Gilmore, blah, blah, blah. But to me, what I watched, what I remember, it was a quick split between the second name in my mind was Cujo right away. But for me, it was just Matt Sandin because I just remember him scoring so many meaningful goals while I watched the Sens and the Leafs play each other. Yeah, and that's that's why I like this because it's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of whatever the answer is, and that's why that extra couple seconds I'm going with Malarchuk, but my first name that came to mind was Lafontaine, and you know I'm not surprised by it, but you know, you know, you give us a little, we do a little bit more research, our answers would be completely different. So oh, absolutely. So you ready for ready for the next one? Go for it. So favorite player of all time, any team? That would be Lemieux. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, Lemieux, honestly, just basically from watching that first series that I can recall as a kid, the 91 Stanley Cup Finals between Lemieux and the Penguins and, you know, John Casey and the North Stars, I will never forget that series. And just what a talented player, being able to watch him grow up, really, it's it's so bad that it has to be a Pittsburgh Penguin. But, man, you can't deny talent there, and Lemieux had it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, he was an absolute stud. And there, there's, I'm actually so surprised 66 hasn't been retired yet, but I think that's coming. Oh, it needs to come here. All right. Are you ready? Always. Best Oilers goaltender of all time. Oh, Grant Fuhr. Hands down. Ah, there you go. Good one. Hands down. I mean, no offense to anybody that might listen that might play goaltender for Oilers at some point, but um, I, I don't think there was another name that could even come to mind. I think Grant Fuhr is the guy who stands out no, no matter – you know, even if you just started watching hockey recently, they still talk about Grand Fuhrer in Edmonton. It's almost like they haven't had a goalie since him. So um, 100% it was Grand Fuhrer. Okay, and let's do one more question each. Shoot. All right. So favorite Canadian goaltender of all time? Martin Brodeur, the man, the legend. Yeah, I mean. Love him. 
probably one of the better goalies of all time ever. You know, especially if you look at the stats. If you want to, people want to hear the stats. I mean, look them up. I think he leads pretty much everything. So that's. Yeah. Uh, I think that, I think I gave you an easy one for the last one. Yeah, he is a hockey god. All right, you ready? Ready. One rule the NHL needs to get rid of immediately. Oh, uh, I think they need to, to remove the, um, um, the the what's I trying to think of the shape there. The lines behind the, the trapezoid. I think it needs to be reversed. I think right behind the net, the goalie shouldn't be able to go. We should be able to go to the corner. So if the puck gets stuck down low, he can't come out and help his defenseman. I like that. I like that a lot. I think they just need to get rid of it all together and let the goalies just wander freely. Because when we wander freely, we make mistakes, man. <laughs> we make mistakes. And that's so, when you always see the big hits. So Yeah, absolutely. So, no, this is fun. I think we should do this at the end of a bunch of different podcasts. I like it. I'll have to pre-prep my questions next time versus stinking off the cuff. But I like what we answered with. But, yeah, I want to thank all our listeners again for listening in. Don't forget... On Thursday, we release episode 100, and we just kind of share some of our favorite thoughts and memories from the first 100 episodes. So definitely give a listen to that. But uh, this is Chris and Sebastian. Keep your sticks on the ice. We're Pigeon Hockey, and we'll catch you next time.